0: Think about the traditional films they included them for me they were close to each other and it just seems systematically right now. Liverpool are not cliffing. Subscribe now to the OTB football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome back to Wednesday Nights Off the Ball. It's Richie McCormick here with you tonight, right through until 10pm. Football show on the way after now. I'm Greg Keefe and a little bit of insight from Vera Pau and Katie McCabe ahead of tomorrow's crucial World Cup qualifier with Finland which we will be broadcasting live of course and we will have uh, the lads back in studio as well after 8 o'clock just to bring you up to speed what's going on in the Premier League tonight Arsenal have finally taking the lead at home to Aston Villa it's Gabriel Jesus who's gotten the goal for Arsenal against a pretty shambolic Aston Villa side this evening a spill and a pretty silly one from Emiliano, Emiliano Martinez in the Villa goal presenting the opportunity to the Brazilian who took the way to give Arsenal the lead still goalless at the Vitality where Bournemouth are up against Wolves Erling Haaland's having a whale of a time at home to Nottingham Forest Manchester City two goals to the good and it's the big Norwegian who's scored both of them Tottenham thought they had a penalty at the London Stadium but after several thousand replays VAR has intervened and referee Neil Banks has decided that no, Aaron Cresswell didn't fell his opponent Spurs not getting that penalty and goalless it remains as they approach the 20th minute at the London Stadium and they're six minutes in at Anfield where it's Liverpool nil, Newcastle nil. the only real moment of concern for either side there so far a potential injury to the goal ca- Newcastle goalkeeper Nick Pope but he does continue on for the time being now let's switch our attentions to Ulster football, pretty intriguing time in the post-season after the Championship because Donegal still don't have a replacement for Declan Bonner and it appears that Monaghan are heading the trajectory of the Dublinification of the rest of the country with the potential appointment of Jared Brennan as their new manager and the exodus from Tyrone continues. We have Caro Kane uh, joining us on the line and also ex-Donegal star Brendan Deveni. Gentlemen, you're very welcome uh, to the show. Brendan, I'll start with you first. The Donegal situation, it's the lack of any kind of smoke, quite or otherwise, that I guess is probably starting to concern people up there more than anything else.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, you're right, uh, definitely, Richie. There's um, so many stories uh, spinning now. You you hear something, it's funny how people approach them, you know, with uh, with the with the whispers that it's, that it's fact almost. Like a few weeks back, I was hearing different people, you know, even people that have uh, well-known in GA circles here, t- telling you that the likes of Martin McHugh, was a was a shoe on? it was his job more or less and then you speak to martin he's like oh no way it's it's not for me now and um you know the pair, the people i think who we want to take the job are finding uh, we're finding that hard to get them i think the people who want the job we may, might necessarily want them they're inexperienced you know there's different people in the background they're trying to put teams together that uh, they they want to take a chance on it whereas i suppose some of the experienced names out there are distance themselves from it and I think geographically, there's always an issue here, Richie. Here in Donegal, about getting people in that are, how you would say, you know, at the very top of the management. There's not a lot of guys out there that have, you know, credentials that maybe teams like Donegal would want that are within range. And if you even look at the likes of Rochford coming into Donegal, the distance that he's traveling, there was a guy that was involved right up into obviously All Ireland finals and that. So coming into Donegal, huge experience and it was, uh, you know, a huge uh, coup at the time for Declan Bonner. So. You know, the fact that Declan Bonner, all, all his experience that he had, that he was ready to come in, having uh, been very successful at Donegal underage, it was a ready made replacement to take in players and join them in with um, some of the brilliant players from that uh, McGuinness era. So at the minute, you know, who is out there that's in, in Donegal terms that you know, people are on about Jim? I mean, Jim's obviously gone down the soccer route and that's where he wants to stay, it looks like, you know. So Malik Rourke for me is the only man out there, you know. At the minute that he's got this proven track record everywhere he's went, he seems to be someone that Tony Gauls maybe courting that they're in talks with him, in terms of he's the only person that seems to be standing out now. I mean, Ender McGinley's been mentioned. I mean, I know the well. It's it's he said the next time he takes county management on, he's going to have to take a career break. It is so uh, life changing. So I mean, people are throwing up likes of Maxie Kern who's been involved with Jim in his time, you know, taking the ladies, taking St. Unions, um, Gidor, been involved with different teams. Roy Cavanagh, of course, won the championship under Jim a new and Unoff manager. You know, people have mentioned the names like that, but uh, as it stands, you would say that head and shoulders above all them would be somebody like like Malky, of course, last season taking, um, you know, um, uh, Waddy Grahams to, to a championship first time ever. He's obviously still involved with them. So whether that there is the stumbling block at the minute, that information coming out or, or what's happening, nobody knows because our county board are, are, are keeping tight on who they're speaking to, who is the candidates and who's on involved.
1: Yeah, Cahar, it's probably a, a better situation for Donegal, as frustrating as it might be for their supporters, that they don't necessarily have the beauty contest and the beauty pageant that went on with Mayo over the course of the last few weeks before the appointment of Kevin McStay and his sundry band of all-stars, that there isn't this, you know, there's four different teams lining up almost, not necessarily of mercenaries, but you kind of get that expendables feel uh, about the teams that are being assembled. There's none of that, at least from the outside looking in on Donegal. What are the names that you've heard mentioned associated with the job or potential bids for
0: well, there's probably happy medium and all that stuff. As as Britain says, that maybe maybe the calibre of of management teams that Donegal would like to attract as well um, probably aren't in the setup or aren't in the in the conversation at the minute. Look, Britain has probably summed it up very well there in terms of hearing a lot of the same things I'm hearing. Malachi O'Rourke is the name that keeps coming back at you, but the problem there is his involvement with Glen. Glen are are again among the well, they are the favourites to win the dairy championship. Um, if that goes well for them, they go into Ulster, like the first round of Ulster for the very champions at the 12th of November. Donegal can't sit about and wait and see what happens. Um, difficult for a manager to commit to a county job while he's in a club job. It hasn't gone well in the past and that could be a real stumbling block for Donegal. I think Maliki O'Rourke is definitely the man that they want but whether the timing is just not going to sit right and that that could scupper the whole thing because it's um, it's such an as Brent said it's such an enormous commitment. Mm. The idea of double job and even in the early season, like we saw what that did to Down last year in terms of like Down sat on their hands and waited for Conor Laverty to finish his his Down Championship campaign with Kilcoo and then started looking about that ticket with Conor Laverty, Marty Clark, and Jim McGuinness that was talked about. That fell through, and it was the 25th of November before James McCartan was appointed. They ended up so far behind that the, the whole season was written off before it ever started. Yeah, and Donegal, look, this is the 31st of August, and just double-checking there, but 31st <laughs> of August, and uh, Donegal are at the point where they need to be appointing a manager now in the next week or two, and that's very early for the like of Malachi Rourke and yeah. as Brendan said there's nobody else you know really jumping out of the out of the conversation
1: It's it's a weird position uh, Brendan I guess for the county to be in and it's one that Car alluded to there like Down found themselves in that with the appointment of James McCartan I guess crossing codes as Tipperary were seemingly waiting for Liam Cowell to become available, they had to appoint somebody uh, this time last year and they put in uh, Colin Bonner. That didn't work out, but it shows that a year can be lost and any momentum that you do have, and it wasn't the best years uh, regardless, but the, any momentum that you do have really does get lost if you're kind of starting on the back foot as whoever the appointment will be, given that it's this late in the day.
2: Yeah, just a, as Scar was saying there, just a giant nature of the job. You know, it's as if you're very lucky in certain counties if you've had a bit of success and someone steps up, you know, if you look at Park Joyce coming into the coming in the Galway, someone of his level, probably the best forward arguably ever played the game and he comes in with this unreal attitude that I'm just going to take this team forward. We're going for an All Ireland title. I mean, coming in with that type of, of, of rhetoric, only certain people can carry that. And if you look at the best teams in the country, there, there's always because you've had so many All Ireland winning teams. And players with you, know, your top teams, obviously Dublin's and Kerry's, etc. Now, Tyrone's as well. There's always a conveyor belt of people queuing up to take the job, and there's a conveyor belt of talent coming through. And I think in certain counties, in you might just get lucky from time to time that certain people are in the right place at the right time. And again, as we've been saying, there that, that actually want to take on a job as massive as a county job now. And if you look at McStay's ticket there, the the, the experience and the panel that he's brought into that, and of course, he's retired and. We all know about Jack O'Connor, the oldest manager in history. They've taken all Ireland title last year, retired. And I think, you know, with, with this flavour of young manager coming through, it's almost now like it doesn't suit so many people at certain ages with, with their life and what's going on. So I think to, to land that job on anybody now, and particularly a job with Donegal, and particularly with a lot of abuse that came around the Declan Boner towards the end of that job, I think a lot of people could be looking at it, thinking, right, what, what exactly is in this for me? You know, particularly if you're coming from outside of the county, you know, you have to be coming with a real love of football. There obviously will be a financial side to that as well. But if you're in Donegal and you have a family and you want to take on that challenge, geez, you would, I mean, thick skins not, wouldn't even cover it. You know, you you would need a suit of armour on you. So, And, and with Donegal being a, at a rebuilding time as well, um, you know, you're going to need patience. And I'm just looking, is that patience out there with your normal GA fan now I'm not sure so you know everything's pointing people away from the job rather than rather than to it it, it should be something that I, I suppose in many ways it's, it's a bit of passion it's a bit of a love it's it's a massive commitment but I'm just wondering a bit like the commitment of the players now are we tipping the scales too much against a lot of these guys for taking the job because there's definitely no queue queue up really in Donegal, and even those players we are talked about maybe that won all Ireland there's only a handful of them that's been involved in a bit of coaching you know um. Uh, like Sir Leo McClune, Eamon McGee were involved in the under twenties this year, and and as I say, Rory Kavanagh has been involved with Donegal under age under sixteens, and has taken Unans and that. But it's a massive leap from thinking that you can you know take a club team, say their their championship, to take on the the whole of Donegal job. Because I bet like at Rory's a you know he's, he's a school teacher, he's he's got four kids, he's busy. You know you just wonder sometimes now it's only going to suit people in a certain uh, type of job in a certain time of their life.
1: Yeah there is an element of that as well we saw Andy McEntee I guess spoke about it very uh, vividly on this show as well about the abuse car that he took well in the latter stages of his uh, me's tenure uh, you know, Brendan alluded to it there the stuff that Colin Bonner perhaps had to put up with as well in his latter days like it's a full time gig without necessarily the benefits of uh, a full-time gig. You're kind of in the public eye in a way that you probably wouldn't want to be. You're taking on abuse in a way that you wouldn't want to be that probably isn't commensurate with the job that you're doing. It is a very difficult ask to get somebody to sign up for that, especially when, you know, in Donegal terms, they probably do need somebody on a three, four-year term given the rebuilding job that needs to be done there.
0: It's it's just becoming increasingly difficult. The pool has got very shallow um, in terms of the people who who a want to be inter county managers and b then have the capacity as well. There are probably people in in other in a lot of counties who who maybe put their name in the frame, but but players are are unhappy at the idea of of conceding a couple of years of their inter county career to somebody that they don't feel has a capacity to take the team forward. So they're all looking for names. Players are looking for names and they're looking for reputations. You look at the take the Kerry set up last year. Obviously, you had Jack O'Connor at the head of it. You had Paddy Talley, a former down manager. You had Mihal Quirk, a former leash manager. Mayo set up now. You have Kevin McStay, former Common, You have uh, Stephen Roachford, Donegal Mayo. You have then Tony Buckley, who would have been a coach that, that people love to attach to a ticket to strengthen it for them. So in within 2 intercounty setups, set set-ups, there are six big names eaten up. And that has left the pool very, very shallow for an awful lot of people who then don't have the experience and don't have the big name to attach to their ticket. And it's left that, you know, I think we're seeing more and more counties really struggling to get men to, not just to do the job, but men that will appease the players and and make the players buy in and that you're getting everybody out and playing. And I mean, for the abuse that you take, And the time that you invest in it, it has become an enormous, an enormous job and a really, you know, an unforgiving job and a job that you can understand why there are not queues. Like Donegal, you you know, uh, talking about rebuilding, like Donegal still being in 10 of the last 12 Ulster finals, their age profile outside of Michael Murphy and Hugh McFadden is still very good. You know why I still believe that within that Donegal team that's playing, there's more progression that could be made. So I don't, I don't necessarily buy that they're, that they're rebuilding for the next few years. You would think that that's a job that would be attractive, and yet they are struggling.
1: Mm. Brendan, like when you were talking to Enda McGinley about, you know, what he did in intercounty management, like what kind of errors is he, is he talking about being a regular day if he's in charge of Fermanagh?
2: You know what, um, just as you're chatting there, Keher, that's the first positive stuff I heard in a while. I could get you <laughs> on a ticket tonight if you want.
0: <laughs>
2: if you, there's been a few boys ringing, Keher, I like your bit of positivity. And <laughs> we, we are we you know, sometimes we saw what's, like, what's the money like Brandon? What's the money like? It's Euros, by the way. Sorry, I, 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 you love the queen heads, my man. And, uh, no, Richie, you know what? I think it was it was more when we spoke of was the headspace. Yeah, for for Enda, like Enda, you, you know, you've seen him on there. He's obviously been doing great punditry work. Me and him were doing bits and pieces for for a good while there with um, uh, we radio star, so we got to know him quite well. And I do we show up here in Highland, and we get him on there, and he's a fantastic lad. But he was just saying that just he couldn't leave it, and he says at times he was managing upwards of sixty people in that squad between players and and physios and s and Cs, and everything was going on. And he, what he said, which was interesting too, Richard, was that, you know, some of these people are very, um, I suppose, highly educated, highly motivated type people mm. that you're coming across and you're the person that's given order. If you like, you know, it was interesting how you, how you described that because, you know, for years there, I think in GA, you know, the changes have come in this last like 25 years audit have been phenomenal around say the type of people you're dealing with and what's happening. And, and it's ever-changing. And, and, and you know, it was interesting what said said there just about players' attitudes to you coming in. You know, you have so many aspects to, to what you have to do, how you come across and how you lead and, and how you get that and bring that all together, if you like. And it's, it's an interesting thing that Car throws up because certain counties in, um, are going to have issues with people coming in. and We've seen that before. If it doesn't fit, you know, you're in trouble. And if there's certain egos or people in the side then that used to things a certain way you've got all these things going on and that's why I think it's such a massive job but it was just it was interesting to say that, then, that he hadn't written off that he would do a county again but he was saying he literally would have to take a career break to do it which is mm. which is interesting and very honest to him to,
1: to, to say that you know that that's the worry car I guess is that the job with Donegal is actually so attractive. Like you've got that pool of players that you mentioned there. You've got the support that notionally will be there behind the the county with each and every outing that they have, and it's just it's a massive uh, landmass in terms of uh, in terms of actual like county that have got loads of great players, great pool of of clubs to to pluck from. And yet, if a county like Donegal is finding it hard to find candidates, what does it say about the state of the game in general that they don't want to step forward for it?
0: That's absolutely it. Um, when you see a county like Donegal struggling, I suppose you, you you mentioned the Mayo situation earlier. Like they were probably the opposite. They they had men queuing up everywhere, looking the job, and you know you would think that Donegal would be in that bracket. You know they're established Division One team. They're they're going to be around all their titles. They're still potentially, you know they should they should have been in all Ireland semi-finals and, and should have probably done better over the last eight years on that on that front, but. But they should be one of the most attractive jobs in the country. Now, the thing for Donegal, as Breton will, will well know, is, is the geographical kind of isolation as well. And where, you know, if you're a Midlands county, you can pull people out of Dublin mm. or you can pull, you know, Donegal, where are you pulling from? You're pulling from Mayo or you're pulling from inside you, really, in Tyrone and, and Derry. Like, f- for all the talk about, you know, f- for years Mickey Hart under pressure and, you know, and Fergal, Logan, and Brian Deher were, were lined up from way back. Whenever Mickey would go, Fergal, Logan, and Brian would would step in. But, you know, beyond that, it wasn't an awful pile even jumping off the page. And there's loads of fellas that have been around the club scene in Tyrone and done well. And, but there's, you know, nobody really jumping off the page at you um, in in that regard. So so Donegal are probably slightly unfortunate when, and that's maybe plays into the fact that they don't have a, a big history of outside men coming in to manage them. So, you know, it plays into that as well. So they're they're probably an unusual um an unusual incident or an unusual uh, I can't think of the bloody word. <laughs> but um the you know most counties I think are going to have that are going to have that struggle. They're they're just outside of the top five or six now where there are potentially big trophies to be won I think a lot of counties are going to struggle because of simply the time commitment it lends itself to you know you pretty much have to be retired teaching or working for yourself where you're earning you're earning enough money that you don't have to put in a 95 anymore you you maybe run a small business something you have people doing the work for you you know that's about basically all the lifestyle that you could have that would afford you the time to manage an inter-county team, which is you know dang- very dangerous in itself but you know I've always argued that the, the way here is not that we start paying everybody and we start taking them out of their professional jobs. I, I think the way here is that we, you know we seriously need to look at rolling back on the hours and the time and that obviously feeds down to the players as well.
1: Has the, you know, horse bolted on that aspect, though? Because you you can take, you know, the the professionalism of the game in every other aspect other than cash is quite evident. And, you know, the hours that the players are putting in, the hours that management are putting in, video sessions that go into it, all this kind of stuff is professional in nature. And you can't exactly ask people to go back because you've brought them this far. People wouldn't want to regress their own games as such and regress their own abilities in that sense, car.
0: It's tough it is that that's where it's at now. It's really tough to to ask people to regress, and and if you do, do they start to look at other sports because they're used to such a high standard um, of professionalism, such a high standard of preparation, round games, and they see it going backwards, and they think, I can't be bothered with this anymore. It's not the same as it was, but equally, you know, so many players you would speak to would would have found a real you know change in their own attitude during COVID when they realised you know just how much time they were actually committing to this you know a few managers would have found a real you know almost took a step back themselves and said you know D- do we really need the gym sessions do we really need to bring everybody to the county center of excellence to do gym sessions could we not do those remotely and see if the fellas the traveling time and there were small tweaks that came out of the of the COVID thing but look when the when the iron was there to be to be struck um uh, with the debate or the argument or the row between the gpa and the ga over the expenses being renewed and 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 this the cap on sessions that the ga wanted ultimately the gpa pushed really hard to get that cap lifted uh and i know they were working on different things around contactors and there's an ongoing discussion but but i felt that was an opportunity for everybody to reset and say look cap cap your sessions uh, and and everybody has to abide by it anybody going beyond that they just don't get their expenses paid i think players wouldn't stand for being asked to train six times a week and only getting paid their expenses for three and the cap was an obvious solution but it was turned away when it was there i think the the debate the gpa pushed very hard on it and it'll be hard to bring that back around when you know the the esri report that was out a few years ago when the the hours, the the average of thirty one hours a, a week that inter-county players were putting into it is an, an enormous amount of time. Crazy, scandalous amount of time. This this felt like an opportunity to pull back a wee bit from that, and it was it was turned away in favour of you no. Know, we need our we need all of our sessions covered for all of the
1: year, and I just thought that was a mistake. Mm, Brendan, what's your sense of it? Is there any way that this can be rolled back in terms of the amount of man hours that goes into these?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's difficult because I think, and, and I agree with Chiara, that, that something like that, and I just wonder how many ways is there around these bloody things, and particularly for the for the more successful counties that have the money to say, right, here, this session, it's been sponsored or looked after, or there's money there. I think that's an issue we haven't really spoken too much tonight about, and if you look at some of those management teams we're talking about, there's, there's players from different counties coming to them, and you think on uh, uh, the likes of uh, uh, Jack O'Connor um, uh, pulling and his management team this year at Tally coming down there and even the likes of Donaghy going to Armagh, and, and as you say, Rochford coming to Donegal. And, and like big expenses involved in that, you know, and I talked to a county board official actually and he was saying that the Donegal county session costs around 10 grand a session uh, when everything's taken into consideration and, you think of the fundraising and the money that that takes, you know, uh, in certain counties, like it is some, some effort to, you know, you're on a bit, say, it's 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 a couple of million a year, I think, to to, to run all the, the teams in Donegal and around that, uh, all the county teams. and uh, It's about 1.2 of that was in the senior. Uh, so it's a, it's a massive amount of money when you take it in week in, week out, you know, to, to raise. so. I agree with you. I think there's something else to be looked at. I just wonder that no matter how we do that, as people, particularly the bigger, richer, more uh, 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 well-equipped teams, that, and, and as well as that the teams that live closer, the smaller counties that, that have shorter ranges to go, will they find ways around that? I think that's would be my fear with that. But I, I'd certainly agree with you. We we do definitely have to take a look at the the um, the training regime that's happening now. The even as we're as we're talking in modern times about travel and cutting down and uh, on this and that, I think group sessions and that as much as we can, kind of direct there without people thinking that they have to be a bit sneaky and still do this or still do that. Yeah. We just make it that that's this and this is the way forward. Particularly in and particularly in counties like my own, the fact that everybody's traveling to a convoy from all over this county, uh, you know, three four times a week, whatever it ends up being, it's it's probably not the way forward certainly if there's two sessions I think that's plenty the other gym sessions and then if there's a weekend game or, or a get together you know I think that's that's the way forward for, for the county teams
1: Cahar tangential to that we've seen Conor McKenna from Tyrone decide to go back to the AFL this season it strikes me that he's one of these players not in his head I don't know but from the conversation we're having here there is a lot of players who will figure God if I'm going to be asked to put in this amount of hours and this amount of work I may as well bloody well get paid for it and you're seeing himself head off to the AFL. He's obviously been operating out of there before. But a lot of players, given the, the the asks upon them now at the moment, they could decide more so that you know I might as well get paid if I'm going to have to put in all this work.
0: Well, they could, but I suppose it's getting somebody to pay you. <laughs> the, the the AFL aren't going to gather everybody up. But Connor, Connor, give them a unique, chance.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Connor was in a unique uh, in a unique position where. He came home at the age of twenty four. He, he stated his ambition from a long way out that he wanted to win an All Ireland with Throne. He did enough of the of the AFL. Even though we did a few, a few interviews when he came home. You know, sort of intimated, look, I'm not saying this is over. I might go back at some point, but I think he probably didn't. In his heart of hearts, maybe he expect to win the All Ireland as soon as he did, and that left him at twenty five. He had won as All Ireland. Now he's twenty six. He's looking at it, thinking. You know, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a grind for Tyrone this year. Like if I wait till I'm twenty nine, nobody in the AFL is going to pick up their phone and ring me here. So like I have to strike when the iron is hot You know, the the, the, the money is, is you can't sniff at it. Like you're talking the average age or sorry, the average wage in the AFL is between two hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars a year. Like so it's it's serious money. Um and for somebody who's established enough in the sport you know obviously Geelong with the first club uh, linked to him then obviously there was talk of going back to Essendon the day the chat out of Australia is Brisbane Lions um, looking at him so like, there's enough interest over there that looks like Conor McKenna is going to get a contract somewhere which I'm sure he already knew by the time he told the Tyrone set up he was going back to Australia he wasn't going back blind so it uh, looked for him I mean I think really hand on heart if you put anybody in his shoes me or you or Brenton and asked us would we do it of course we'd do it why, why wouldn't you do it
1: yeah. um, The number of departures that there have been since that All-Ireland win last year is it unusual Carr, or is it probably in line with what the profile of that squad has been because it does seem to look like you know, every few months we'll hear somebody else depart in the Toronto panel and it starts to become a question of, of why so many and why of that age profile they all deciding to to leave what has been, you know, obviously a, a pretty successful unit.
0: Yeah, look, it is. There's no question. It's unusual for eight, eight players to have left uh, an All Ireland winning team so, sort of so fairly quickly after it. But I thought I, th- I was on your your show about a year ago, um, asked pretty much the same question when all the fellas were leaving at that stage. Like and like when you go back through the seven that left last year, like their game time was just so limited you know, they were playing virtually no games. And I'm I'm working off the top of my head, but I remember that I think Lee Brennan hadn't kicked a single ball before he left. Uh, Paul Donaghy had been in and out of the team. Mark Bradley had been in and out of the team. He was probably the one that, he's probably the one that they've missed the most, to be honest, him and Tiernan McCann, um, who would have been real kind of game changers for them. With all respect to the other fellas who had been good, you know, good players to have around the setup. And there's no doubt that, you know the quality of say Tyrone's A versus B games would have been you know very diminished last year compared to what they would have been in their All Ireland winning year, but but the other fellas that left the panel were getting such little game time and had, had a wee bit about the panel time under Mickey Hart, time under Fergal Logan and Brian Doher and hadn't really hadn't really established themselves as intercounty players. Now it was interesting, um, you know Kevin Kelly there and. In, in team talk uh, from, from Tyrone actually to be fair you know bro- had broke the story at the same time as me on on Conor McKenna on, on the other night um, Kevin had in his piece that four of the fellas that had left the Tyrone panel were actually the four top scorers in the Tyrone league at the minute this year so but but they hadn't they hadn't naturally progressed into real top inter-county stars and I, I don't know that they would have to be fair so um, like it is unusual. There's no no doubt about it, but I don't think it's as simple as everybody reading into it and saying it's a really you know there's serious disharmony or there's any of this or that. There were individual decisions. Fellas weren't happy with their own game team, and and obviously that's led to uh, it yeah, led to the team dipping and it has led to bad luck for the thing. But it um, it's maybe just not as simple as it looks
1: yeah eight individual decisions is probably, I think is probably the best way of, uh, of looking at it listen Carol Kane thanks so much for taking time out to speak to us tonight Brendan Devenny as well I noticed you didn't put yourself forward for the Donegal gig by the way
2: oh, well, I was waiting for you to do that I can't <laughs> Devenny <laughs> we'll
1: throws the, we'll get, hat in ring
2: we'll get the river mill going now. We'll even take one of these dairy boys i say Carol knows his stuff I eat. well he seems to know his stuff anyway I'd like to get him in the, in the dressing room get a bit of Get a bit of first pup and see what's
1: going on. Bluff on match, Brenton. Bluff on match. <laughs> Listen, lads, we'll let you go and formulate your ticket behind the scenes uh, as we got a break. But for now, cheers, lads. No Thanks, man. Good luck. Good luck. See
0: you guys.